Welcome to the Mobile Home Park Mastery Podcast, where you will learn how to identify, evaluate, negotiate, perform due diligence on, finance, turn around and operate mobile home parks. And now, here is your host, the fifth largest mobile home park owner in the United States, Frank Rolf. Iron sides versus metal sides. This is Frank Roth with the Mobile Home Park Mastery Podcast. We're starting a five-part series on the legal side of park ownership. Yes, a lot of people, when they think of the world of law and mobile home parks, they immediately think of shows such as Cops or Judge Judy or things where you see our residents involved. But there's also a legal side to the owners themselves and the issues they have to deal with on a daily basis. So we're going to go over the top five different things as a park owner that you have to be aware of with a lot of insider tricks and thoughts and knowledge garnered over 20 years of being in this business. But I will tell you on the front end, I am not a lawyer. I have never been a lawyer. So what I'll be telling you is not legal advice. I have no desire to give you legal advice, nor to have the liability of giving you legal advice. I'm instead going to be giving you just observations that I have from paying a lot of lawyers to get their advice. So this is not really an advice giving session. This is more of me just relating to you the things I've learned over 20 years of mobile home park ownership session. So the first thing we're going to talk about in this five-part series is grandfathering. No, we're not talking about the baby boomers. We're not talking about intergenerational households. The concept of grandfathering means that if you've got something that was zoned a certain way, if they change the zoning laws or any law in the city after that date, it has no bearing on you. Let's start off with the three basic classifications in the world of zoning. You've got legal conforming zoning, you've got illegal, and you've got legal nonconforming. Now, legal conforming means you could build that mobile home park again today. So you've got the right zonings, you've got the right spacings, you've got everything you need to build that park again today from scratch. That's called legal conforming. There's another variety called illegal. What does that mean? It means the park was built without any permits at all. The guy just went in one day. He built the park, maybe in the dead of night, maybe over a weekend. Of course, you can't build one like that. We all know that. But you'd be shocked how many cities look the other way when moms and pops built their mobile home parks. We've seen some giant illegal parks, things that are up in the hundreds of lots, yet the city never shut them down. The problem is, as a buyer, if you buy that mobile home park, they can immediately shut you down. So you just can't buy illegal mobile home parks. But there's a third variety, and that's called legal nonconforming. It means it was legal when it was built, but today it does not conform to the current guidelines. Therefore, legal nonconforming. And legal nonconforming is known instead, typically in America, by its slang term of grandfathering. So let's go over what grandfathering is, what it isn't, and the things you as a park owner should know. Basically, a mobile home park is like a parking lot. If you look back on those early videos on YouTube, what do you see? The typical mobile home park in the early days was literally just a paved or cleared field. And people would bring their trailers in and park them there. And of course, that's where the word trailer park came from. Now, the modern trailer park looks different. Today, we'd look more like subdivisions with grassy yards and driveways and carports and things like that. But nevertheless, we are, at the end of the day, back to those early roots, a parking lot. So we have everything in common with a typical park-and-fly parking lot at the airport or that parking lot downtown next to the office building. 
So when you're a parking lot, what happens is you are allowed to have so many spaces to park cars in. And thereafter, even if they change the law and they require parking spaces to be three times bigger or they require you that you can't have a parking lot in that area anymore, your existing parking lot is good to go till the end of time as long as you do not abandon it and as long as it is not destroyed in some kind of weather event. And of course, you can't really destroy a parking lot. Think about that for a moment. How would you destroy a parking lot? Can't blow it away in a hurricane. Can't get rid of it in a flood. Waters ultimately recede. There really is no way you can get rid of a parking lot. As far as abandonment goes, if you at least have a sign-up saying parking space is available and a working phone line, then it's deemed that you never abandoned the use. You might have no cars in it. You could just be a bad business person with your rates too high. But the simple fact that you have customers or don't have customers does not mean that you abandon the use. So really, mobile home parks, they really just never die. You really just can't get rid of them in the normal procedure. As a result, just about every mobile home park that you're ever going to look at buying, if it's grandfathered, means that it still has the right to operate today based on that nice little permit it had back in the era in which it was built. It doesn't matter what the city has done since then. They may have changed the law. They may make mobile home parks illegal. They might have your front set back from the street 300 feet. It doesn't matter. All that matters is the laws and the rules in effect when the park was built. Now, why do so many cities get mobile home parks wrong? Why do they not understand grandfathering in mobile home parks? Well, it's very simple. If you're a city inspector, you are classically trained to understand grandfathering only as it relates to real property. So what does that mean? It means if you've got a house, which is real property in the city, and that house is blown away in a tornado, and it no longer is legal conforming, but that house was legal non-conforming, Perhaps it was too big. Perhaps it was too near the street. The bottom line is you can't put it back because that house is what was grandfathered. Our industry is different because our use, our parking lot is what's grandfathered. But those homes in the parking lot, those are chattel property, personal property, not real property. So they can come and go. It doesn't matter to us at all. Our only real property use is the parking lot. So a lot of inspectors get very confused. They see a vacant lot in your mobile home park, and they say, you can't put a mobile home on that. But they're completely wrong. Of course you can put a mobile home on that. Why couldn't you? It's fully grandfathered. Because what they're used to seeing is whenever that real property goes away, you can't put the real property back. But this is not real property. This is personal property. It is basically defined in many areas the same as an automobile. An automobile is not real property. The fact you have your car parked in the driveway of the home that blows away in the tornado has no bearing on things. That car has no real estate rights whatsoever. So the bottom line is that mobile home parks are basically parking lots. They're fully grandfathered from the date that they were built, and you really just can't get rid of them. So that's kind of the world of grandfathering. Now, why do we have so many problems in the industry with grandfathering? Well, first off is the fact that a lot of the inspectors don't understand how it works, but you think that could be easily remedied. But the bigger problem is most cities hate mobile home parks. They hate them with a the passion. Now, when I got in the business, I thought they hated them because they didn't like the residents. They thought, oh, I don't want these people in my city. Let's get them out of the city. But that's actually not the reason. Later, from serving in different city capacities here in my small town and understanding more about the ins and outs of running 
a city, I come to find out that really what's happening is that cities view mobile home parks in a negative way because they lose so much money for the city. Let's look at that for a minute. Let's just take an example. If you've got a mobile home park and let's say the lot is valued on the tax rolls at $30,000 in real property and the home on top is valued at $10,000 as personal property that gives you $40,000 of taxable value, which in a state like Missouri would get you $4,000 a year, I'm sorry, $400 a year in property tax, basically $40,000 at 1%. Now, let's say in that mobile home, you've got two kids, which both go to school. Each of those kids is costing the school district about $7,000 a year in tuition. So the city right off the bat has $14,000 of cost and only $400 coming in. So it's losing $13,600 right off the bat. On top of that, a lot of mobile home park residents do not carry insurance, health insurance, or they don't carry satisfactory health insurance. So every time they go to the hospital because somebody broke their arm or some other health emergency, the city once again takes it on the chin. There's another thousand, another couple thousand dollars down there. You take that amount of loss and multiply that times 50 or 70 or 100 lots, you can immediately see why cities don't like mobile home parks. Think about all the competing uses for land and the profit loss statement that the city has on those. Let's take, for example, an office building. The office building has lots and lots of property tax coming in, but no costs going out, unless someone one day has to call the fire department once every decade. So that's a very profitable use for land. But there are even more profitable uses for land. Let's say you have a shopping center. Not only do you get your property tax, you also get sales tax as a result of the shopping center. So if you look at all the different uses for land and you rate them on profitability for the city, you'll see that mobile home parks come in dead last. That is what causes the hostility to the city, and that's why they would love to eradicate the parks. But they can't because at the end of the day, they still have to contend with this law called grandfathering. Thank heavens for grandfathering. If it wasn't for grandfathering, I can guarantee you that every city in America would shut every mobile home park down in 10 minutes. But because of grandfathering, they simply cannot. Now, it's been tested. Cities will sometimes say, well, gosh darn it, I hate that trailer park so bad. I, I don't care what the law says. I'm just going to get rid of the thing. So despite the fact they can't do it, they will go ahead and file some kind of action against the park to try and shut it down. It's been tried. It never works. Just a couple of years ago in the state of Mississippi, a, a city tried to do that to a park. Park owner took it to the Supreme Court of Mississippi and they won. In fact, it's gone to the Supreme Court of a state no less than four other times. And every time the park owner has won and the city has lost. So the park owner right now is batting a perfect score. Why is that? It's just because it's the rule of law. It's not because the park owner was so eloquent nor because they went out and hired F. Lee Bailey or a high-priced law firm. The reason is that the city is always in the wrong on this case. The laws of grandfathering is basically a national law, and it's something that the cities, despite their desire, simply cannot overcome the actual rule of law. In fact, if you had a problem today in grandfathering, probably the best thing you could do would be to take that Mississippi Supreme Court ruling and just give them a copy of that. Because if you did have to go to court, I imagine you'd probably bring that up as case law. And it spells out in complete detail exactly all the arguments and all of the legal value of each argument. 
So it's safe to say, basically, that parks are not going away and grandfathering is not going to do a darn thing to make them go away. So we're hoping over time the cities will calm down on the whole issue. On top of that, there was additional skin in the game recently when a park owner brought in the concept of discrimination into a similar action by a city against the park. And they appealed it to HUD, saying that the city not only was guilty of trying to oust their park from the city, but that they were doing so because of discrimination, because they basically did not like poor people. Well, the park owner once again won. And very terrifying for the city is the fact that under HUD's decree, under this one case, which is now case law, the city is now being investigated by HUD, I believe, for the next four years. So everything they do, they have to pass scrutiny under HUD for absence of discrimination. You can imagine as a city employee how terrifying, how redundant it is to have to take everything you do and have it double, triple checked by HUD for discrimination. So I think that's a big argument going on that will even reduce grandfathering down further. In the state of Texas, you have the Texas Mobile Home Association that was able to go in and actually get the laws of the state of Texas changed. Texas now has a state mandate The cities cannot stop you from using any of your vacant lots. You no longer even have to worry about arguments of grandfathering simply because they can't do a darn thing about it. They've taken it from a city optional matter to basically state law. So at any rate, grandfathering is a very, very powerful force. It's a a law. It's a fact. It is case law. You can't really go around it. You can't go over it. It's simply there for all to see. So although it's one of the biggest issues as a park owner you will time to time have to confront, it's one that fortunately you have almost a perfect record of success. Now, if you have no vacant lots, it's very possible you never even have to come up with this issue. This issue typically only comes when you've got a park with vacant lots that you want to use and a rogue inspector says no, that you can't. So you may be very lucky and never have to deal with this issue ever in your mobile home park career. But more than likely, if you have even one vacant lot, it may pop up from time to time. But the good news is, in over 20 years of dealing with this and owning mobile home parks, we have never, ever lost a case. We, again, have a perfect score ourselves in the world of grandfathering. To us, that's very reassuring. Hope you all learned something from this discussion of grandfathering the legal side of park ownership. We'll be back with another one here shortly on part of our five-part series. Thank you for listening to the Mobile Home Park Mastery Podcast. Be sure to visit us at mhpmastery.com to subscribe to the show, read our show transcriptions, and access all of our great information on mobile home park investing.